The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Every time a missile misses its target, a train derails, or a faulty airbag fails to save a life, we wonder whether these failures, which can sometimes reach catastrophic proportions, are caused by a counterfeit part that may have infiltrated the supply chain. Welcome to People to People, working together for your safety with host Stan Salat, Jr. Stan has the answers to your questions on protecting yourself and the safety of your loved ones, including your pets. Don't miss out. Now, here is Stan Salat. Hello and welcome to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. The title of our show today is Consumer Safety, Industry on Our Side. My guest, Frank Chano, and I will be discussing the ongoing efforts of law enforcement agencies and legitimate industry leaders to identify and stop the growing consumer products counterfeiting in the U.S. Would it surprise you to learn consumer products such as chapstick, baby oil, Vaseline, have been counterfeited right here in America? Frank will share some of the extraordinary efforts that many of our well-established, respected, and trusted manufacturers go through to protect their reputation and their customers from the counterfeiters, uh, those folks who would uh, make things less legitimate, um, more toxic. There's all sorts of uh, issues re- resulting uh, from counterfeit process or products. I'd like to start today's show by thanking our sponsors, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, and Secure Components, LLC. Business and Quality Process Management LLC provides business process and quality management consulting, training, and software tools. The principles of BQPM lead and develop the implementation of the International Hazardous Substance Process Management Certification Program used by more than 4,500 manufacturers to demonstrate their compliance to the European Union's Restriction of Hazardous Substance Laws and the International Counterfeit Avoidance Certification Program. To learn more about the work that BQPM does and how they can help your company, visit their website at bqpm.com. Secure Components, LLC, an independent distributor specializing in obsolete and hard-to-find components. Secure Components is the first company in the world to achieve international certification for their counterfeit detection and mitigation process controls. Their IECQ-CAP certification was achieved in accordance with the SAE AS6081, that's 6081 standard. When you need to find high-quality, obsolete, or hard-to-find components, you want Secure Components on your team. To learn more about what Secure Components to do can do uh, for you, visit their website at securecomponents.com. 
I'd also like to recognize the law firm of Goldberg Zagala, who is a regular guest, a uh, regular contributor on our show. And today we have Frank Chano, senior partner with Goldberg Zagala, joining us. Welcome, Frank, and uh, happy to have you on the show today. Well, thank you again, Stan, for having me on the show. It really is my privilege. And as always, Stan, I want to remind the audience that my comments are not to be taken by taken as legal advice by anyone. Uh, for proper advice, they need to make an appointment with an, uh, with an attorney to discuss the particular facts of their case so the facts and the law can be properly analyzed. My comments today are just general comments about the topics we'll be discussing. Thank you, Frank. And uh, just, a, just a quick note, Frank is a senior partner with Goldberg Zagala, the New York uh, office, and a leader of his firm's risk and litigation avoidance strategies and food and beverage practice uh, groups, specializing in the defense of complex and high-stakes uh, product liabilities. So Frank is a person that, when it comes to this type of thing, um, and it's a pleasure and a privilege to have you on the show, Frank. You you really do know what you're talking about. Yeah, th- thank you, Stan. Yeah, I've I've unfortunately had a lot of experience on behalf of my clients in addressing counterfeit goods from a number of different perspectives. From the consumer point of view, the most relevant part is the dangers presented to consumers when they purchase counterfeit goods. Any time. You know, these counterfeit goods are not made to the applicable standards. The ingredients aren't right. The materials used aren't correct. And they very often present a real risk of personal injury or even death to people. And I've handled a bunch of cases where, you know, a counterfeit product really did cause some, really hurt some people badly. I've also worked on with my clients to try and shut down these counterfeiters to get these low-quality goods off the market. Yeah, it's it's tragic in some cases with what, what we find out here and, and when we travel and uh, look around the world at what's going on. Uh, I can't help but be amazed at times. Um, on one hand, uh, it's, it is difficult to recognize that uh, folks like yourself make a living doing what shouldn't need to be done to begin with, but nonetheless, we, we do have the issue. I was reading a recent article just a couple days ago, and one of the things we're doing with the show now is actually highlighting some of the things going on in the world. This particular one, Frank, has to do with uh, counterfeiting, uh, particularly on the East Coast area, or in the East Coast area, and it talks about a, uh, a ring of folks who were making chapstick Johnson Baby Oil, Vicks Vapor Rub, Vicks Inhalers, and Vaseline. Uh, these are products in the real, real products for companies such as Johnson and Johnson, Pfizer, Procter Gamble, uh, Unilever, and from a toxic point of view, obviously these things can create a tremendous harm to a person that's using them. Well, the the genuine articles, Stan, are from reputable manufacturers. Those companies you named are among the best companies in the world. The best of the best. And their products. I'm sorry? The best of the best. Right. And their products are made to the highest quality, highest standards. And it really is good stuff that helps people a great deal. It's when the counterfeiters come in and try and play off 
their good reputation to sell substandard goods. That's where the problem arises. And part of the reality here, a counterfeiter obviously is selling it for less. Now, you could argue that it costs less because I don't have to do all the marketing and the selling. I simply steal the name brand uh, logo or, or slightly modified logo. And, and if somebody's not paying attention, I can sell it at a lower price. But often these things are made with substandard uh, content. And I guess that might make it easy for the manufacturer to actually identify. Or th- there's a whole issue here. Maybe you could help our our audience understand just what is it that a, ma- a manufacturer does in this case to protect themselves, knowing that the product that's being counterfeited looks and in many cases even smells like theirs. Well, the manufacturer doesn't necessarily know that their goods are being counterfeited. You know, these things pop up now and again. Um, so their knowledge really is, is in question about that, Stan. And, you know, what can they do? It, it comes about the branding of the product. But what the real first line of defense to protect consumers against these substandard products are the consumers themselves. Um, you know, when people want to buy these name brand quality products, they should be purchasing them from reputable dealers and distributors and stores that you know are selling the genuine product. If you're buying these name brand products off the street or from questionable sources, you should know that what you're buying isn't a genuine article. So really the best protection against this stand comes from the consumers themselves by being aware, smart, and making reasonable decisions. You know, purchasing what you know to be a $100 article for $2, you know there's a question there. So really, buyer beware, buyer know what you're buying, and buyer be smart. And and that's interesting. Uh, In part, as we've talked several times in the past, I travel a great deal. I've found myself in various countries where they have the uh, street fairs, the street-type environments where they sell. Right, the street vendors. The street vendors. It's it's almost a challenge as a visitor to a city I don't live in to see if I can find the lowest-priced, best product. kind of sends me to New York City and some of the uh, the shops along the streets there that are selling for the for the sake of discussion camera lenses at half the price. Do I believe them? Right. Well, you know what, Stan, there's a reason it's half price. And you know, you mentioned before why could it be made so much cheaper? And you mentioned the advertising, and that is a part of the budget and the materials. That's part of the budget as well. But these Counterfeit goods are usually also made under atrocious working conditions for the people. You know, in, in third world countries, under terrible conditions where people aren't paid a decent decent wage. So all these things come down into the cheap prices. But you're right. When you're looking in, you know, from a street vendor, in my mind, there's no question that what you're buying is not the genuine article. But even when you're walking by these stores and you see an expensive camera lens at half price, you you have to be on, in my opinion, you have to be on notice that there's something amiss with what you're buying. Either it's a, a remanufactured good that, you know, 
was returned under warranty and now it's been remanufactured and sold as new or it's just not a genuine article. Brings up, now, of, of course, I, I can't say that every store like that is, right. is selling fraudulent goods, but I'm speaking in broad, broad strokes here. Right. And certainly, I almost hate to admit this, but if I go back in time before I started learning what this is all about, I did do, I did travel into, uh, particularly into Hong Kong, and back in the 1980s, uh, again, once, once again, uh, dating myself a little bit, but back in the 1980s, you could buy what were billed as a Rolex watch for $10. Um, and I have to admit that, you know, it seemed neat and it seemed fun back then to do that. And it wasn't until I got home, wore it for a week, and realized I had a green wristband on my arm underneath the so-called gold band that I recognized just how significant or how dangerous what I was doing was. Right, and you're also fortunate that it wasn't leaching heavy metals into your wrist, which could cause some real long-term health issues. It certainly can, and what I know today in some ways almost scares me to death, but it also is part of the reason I'm involved in what I'm doing. Um, and I've shared this occasionally or, or once in a, you know, every, every so often I've commented that um, it has affected me personally because of things I did in the past uh, and having a grandson uh, – diagnosed with Asperger's and having another family member, uh, actually a nephew that has autism, a significant diagnos- diagnosis of autism, it has truly led me to uh, change my buying habits. But moving on and talking back uh, more specifically about some of this, there's another one of the recent activities and we are finding more and more online the activities that uh, our government agencies, the FBI, the Department of Justice, the uh, Homeland Security are doing. And there's another report that talks about finding toys. Uh, they, te- they, found, they purchased 62 toys and found 23 of the 62 to have uh, counterfeit trademarks on them. Uh, chemicals exceeding the toxic levels. Uh, once again, organi- uh, companies, company names here that are known and respected, and what they found was they were counterfeited. Yeah, that, that's unfortunate because children are among the most vulnerable classes of people that the laws are designed to protect. You know, we have agencies like the Consumer Product Safety Commission. And, you know, they, they, their purpose and aim is to protect people from, the, from unreasonably dangerous products on the market. And children, the elderly, and the handicapped are those among whom get the highest levels of protection. So, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. And, and so, again, if you, especially if you're buying things for your children or, fa- or young family members, you have to be aware of what you're buying. This particular report uh, talks about toys had substances that were toxic to human health, such as lead, zinc, chromium, and aluminum, all of which exceeded the uh, standards for safe safe use. 
And obviously, these are toys that are made to attract children, so they're glitzy, they're pretty, they they just grab a child's attention immediately. Uh, This report goes on to say that um, the common, let's see, appearance of toys and are commonly found in colorful plastic and rubber toys, rubber ducks for playing in the water, and other teething toys contained the substances that we're talking about here. Wow. That's 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 sobering to hear. It is. And can't say enough about the education process, learning what it is that is going on. And, and that's a big part of why I do this radio show. It's trying to help um, help us all, really, but help consumers understand what what we're facing. And in fairness to industry, uh, the real players, and when I say the real players, I'm talking about the, the manufacturers that believe in social responsibility, the manufacturers and retailers that uh, obviously aren't just spending money to spend it because they recognize we we can't all afford to just go spend whatever we want. So there is a sense of trying to keep the prices down, but overall, they really strive to spend their money on good products. Uh, While I'm sure they appreciate having good lawyers, I think they'd all appreciate having good products first. Right. You know, Stan, you you raised some really interesting issues with this first segment of the show. And what I hope the audience is walking away with is that really they can help. The individuals are in the best position to help themselves. Nobody can help you make smart buying decisions except yourself. So when you're when these consumers are attracted to the name brand handbag for ten dollars or the uh, the the uh, the teething the baby products for a dollar each, you really have to think about what you're buying. I hope after the break we can come back and discuss some recent cases and what some companies are doing to aggressively protect their brand. We we absolutely will. I have a couple of them uh, just to to um, get you thinking about it so we can talk about these. There's, there's been a lot of discussion around flea markets and what's happening in flea markets. There's also the activities around uh, good engineers who think that it's okay to reverse engineer and then sell a product uh, that's actually reverse engineered and using various ways of getting that done. Uh, we also we also have the um, the general uh, organizations that just aren't accounted for the the startups that really don't know what they're not knowing yet. So when we come back, I'd like to uh, take these in whichever order you'd like, but talk about some of these things and what's going on. Uh, We are going to take a break here for just a few minutes to identify our radio station, pay tribute to our sponsors, and please come back and let's, um, we'll we'll hear from Frank on some of these subjects, Uh, as I mentioned, the flea markets and the reverse engineering and other such things. We'll be right back.
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com Secure Components is your international certified supplier of obsolete and hard-to-find products. Specializing in counterfeit mitigation, Secure Components is a qualified supplier for the Department of Defense, Aerospace, Military, and Avionics Industries. If you're a business in need of hard-to-find or obsolete components, please contact us by visiting our website, securecomponents.com, or call us at 484-222-5195. Again, 484-222-5195. 5195. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. This is People to People, working for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan.salat at ecccorp.org. Again, that's stan.salat, S-A-L-O-T, at ecccorp.org. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. The title of our show today is Consumer Safety, Industry on Our Side. My guest, Frank Chano, and I are discussing the ongoing effects of law enforcement agencies and legitimate industry leaders to identify and stop the growing uh, consumer product counterfeiting in the U.S., As I said earlier, uh, would it surprise you to learn that consumer products such as chapstick and baby oil, Vaseline, and others have been counterfeited right here in America? To get us back before, just before the break, I was uh, asking Frank to to think about some of the things that are going on more recently, some of the things that have been shared recently. In the internet, uh, you know, the internet's a fantastic tool. You get information ongoing on a regular basis. I can uh, go out and search the web, and I, I learn more than I think I ever thought I could. Um, probably see more than I wished I had to. But with that in mind, a couple of things have come up recently that I'd like to get Frank's opinion on. The first one has to do with the aspect of uh, re-engineering, if you will, uh, re-engineering and manufacturing for sale 
either components or products that actually don't belong to you. And I guess if you do that under your own brand name, that's one thing, Frank. But if you do it using the company or the, the name of the uh, original manufacturer, uh, that, that actually creates a counterfeiting environment. Yeah, it, it does, Stan, because it, it does. When, when something is re-engineered and you make it to look like something else, you're fooling a lot of people. And the people who can be fooled are, one, the consuming public, and two, if it's a component part, the people who make the decision to integrate that part into a bigger product. That's a big problem. In this particular case, the one I'm looking at, and obviously we want to be careful not to uh, uh, to use information that we don't we haven't actually totally verified. But this is an FBI report, and it talks about a gentleman that uh, was re-engineering uh, controllers for an engine. Uh, had them re-engineered, manufactured, had them re-engineered outside the U.S. I'll just leave it at that. And then manufactured inside the U.S. Now, the first thing that comes to mind is that he's re-engineered an, in, an engine controller, which to me could create some huge safety issues. Right. I mean, I, I can't imagine uh, there are more dangerous things, but that is an extremely dangerous thing to do because engine controllers do just that. It controls the operation of an engine. You know, years ago... You know, if we're talking about a car engine, for example, the car engine was basically a carburetor, distributor with points, and not much electronics in there. Today, cars are almost completely run by electronics, and these engine management systems control every single aspect of the functioning of that engine. Everything from controlling the air-fuel mixture that goes into the cylinders to even shutting off cylinders at certain times. So these controllers are really a critical part of an engine. I can't even imagine. I, I've been fortunate never to have the problem, but I can't imagine a, an engine shutting down on me at 60 miles an hour or 70 miles an hour on a freeway, knowing that my hydraulics, my power steering, my power brakes, everything's tied to that engine running. Right. And, and you know, you're not only endangering yourself, but you're endangering other cars, pedestrians, and a lot of other people. And the problem when these sorts of things happen is when someone gets hurt because of a malfunction in an engine, and it would be a malfunction if an engine's doing 70 miles an hour and shuts down, or arguably it could be a malfunction, but it depends on a number of factors. And the, the challenges faced by the manufacturer is to prove what went wrong. Because an, an attorney for an, in, a, an injured person, it's called a plaintiff's attorney, would only try to establish that the engine shut down, it shouldn't have shut down, and in the crash, a lot of things break in an engine, and it could be very difficult to establish cause and effect. You know, did, did part A fail first, and then the controller and other things, or did the controller fail first, causing part A and B to fail? So manufacturers are faced with a tremendous challenge of trying to prove that it was something else that precipitated the whole sequence of events that led to the accident and not any defect in its engine components. Yeah, it, it certainly 
it certainly does put a tremendous liability on on the original equipment manufacturers uh, to demonstrate their uh, what, what's the word I want? Uh, vigilance. And they're ensuring vigilance. that the right products are put into the, that the yeah, right products are put into the uh, the engines. In this particular case, these parts were sold at a price that wasn't really that far off of what the originals were, which it could actually can make it harder for a buyer. I mean, a, a five or ten percent discount could be seen as just a decent discount. Right. So. It's, it's, and this one also, particular one also had software in it, which it, having a software background, that only scares me a little bit more. Right. You know, there, there are so many factors, Stan, that go into these purchasing decisions. You know, companies look to a number of factors and they do their best to weed out the good from the bad and get only the right component parts for their products. But these counterfeiters are very talented. And they, they've learned the ropes and they know how to get things through, you know, despite the best efforts of a manufacturer. So it's difficult to blame a manufacturer for getting a counterfeit part in there because they all work very hard to make sure their products are made properly. Well, that brings us then to the next topic, which uh, is potentially uh, even more interesting. And I don't know how some of this can get more interesting, but... Let me bring the the um, essence of flea markets uh, to your attention, and you know visualize that flea market. We've got a lot of folks out there selling something. And some time in the past, flea market used to be new, but it was also used or second hand. You know, again, name brands, boxes. What does this do? to us or for us how does an original equipment manufacturer deal with this and equally how do you protect yourself from this yeah that's a great question and that's a great case that that i that i heard about you see a lot of manu- a lot of people everyone from manufacturers to distributors to importers to the man the man and woman on the street say how do you stop these counterfeit goods because the challenges faced by the manufacturers are, who do you grab? Who do you punish for selling the counterfeit goods? You know, let, let's talk for a minute about you know, name brand high-end handbags and shoes and, and sunglasses. When they're sold you know, in, in, in retail establishments alongside quality goods, if a manufacturer tries to sue that store, that store owner or the business itself, they're usually judgment-proof because they have no assets really, just whatever inventory is in the store. And there's really no way to stop these individual storefronts from selling the counterfeit goods because they'll shut down today and open up tomorrow as in somewhere else. But it seems that now might be some tools, some other tools for manufacturers to stop this. To stop this. And that's by going after the landlords, because if the landlord is aiding and abetting these people to sell counterfeit goods in violation of state, federal, local laws, there's now, it seems to be, a suggestion that these landlords could be held liable for the wrongful acts of its tenants. And when that happens, 
it, it places a burden on the landlords to ensure that their tenants aren't breaking the law and are selling only genuine, genuine goods. So that's a, that's a tremendous tool available to manufacturers. And if you take that a step further, if a manufacturer can identify importers, distributors, and others in the chain of distribution of these counterfeit goods to the end seller, perhaps lawsuits against those entities would, would also prevent, provide, a, provide a chilling effect on their willingness to sell and be a part of this distribution of counterfeit goods. Now that's um, <laughs> I want to be a little careful here because potentially upsetting my listeners that um, are property owners of malls and flea markets. Um, at the risk of doing that, that's really what you're saying. If if I'm the property owner of a mall or I'm the consortium that owns that mall and I'm renting it out to a store of any sort, a you know, reseller, retailer. Uh, you're saying that it is, it's now in a position that the original equipment manufacturer can actually come after me as aiding and abetting somebody else who's a retailer. Well, that, that was that was a suggestion I saw in a case that that uh, that I read about. Um, I'm not saying that the store keeps have that actual duty, but it is something they should be aware of. These, these landlords of, of, of what's going on in their property. It's, and it's not only putting the – I'm suggesting this as a way for them to avoid potential liability in the future right. is being aware of what's going on in their properties. Well, you know, that, that ties directly to my knowledge of the California laws relative particularly to toys – where the laws have been put in place recently, and I say recently, in the last few years, that make the retailer liable for the products they sell relative to the toxic content. Does that make sense? Well, that, that's always been the law, Stan, in, in the products liability world. The retailer is really the last chain in the distribution chain, the last link in the distribution chain of a product. You know, when a, when a product's made anywhere, whether it's China, Europe, or the United States, it usually goes through several phases till it reaches the end consumer, you know, the manufacturer to the importer to the distributor to the retailer. And, the, and you know, when, when the laws of products liability started, the retailer's only real recourse was against his local manufacturer. That was the entity he was able to sue. I'm sorry, the local retailer. That was the entity he was able to reach out and touch and bring into court to sue. So the laws developed that the retailer could then go up the chain of distribution to its distributor and importer to bring them back in the suit because they were in, because the retailer is in a better position than the consumer to ultimately reach the, the responsible party, the manufacturer. So that, that, that's pretty much always been the case in the products liability world, Stan. Okay. I may have misinterpreted it then because I think it was around 2007 when uh, lead paint became a big problem with a few manufacturers' toys. Um, it seemed to me that there was a change made that actually – change the positioning of the retailer and putting them in a position where they 
literally, and this the the only change may be that the criminal side of it, um, as I understood it, that they could be criminally liable for selling uh, toxic uh, toys, uh, well, meaning that they would have to vet their suppliers before they just bought and sold. Cr- criminal liability stand creates a whole new ball game, and you know, civil liability is one thing. Criminal liability is is much different and and a lot a lot more scary to a lot more people. So if if that's what was done, that that's that's a big change. I believe I believe it is the the piece because this was tied to the Rojas, the restriction of lead and mercury and cadmium. And so forth, and maybe on another show we can uh, talk about the criminal side of this because, you know, I keep thinking of this as there's a lot of legal ramifications, and I do know that when you look at what's going on in, in the European Union, in particular to the hazardous substance side, uh, there is criminal re- results from failing to comply with the directives. Uh, particularly the restriction of hazardous substance, the recycling directives, and the uh, chemical awareness directives that they have. Yeah, the the you know we Americans are used to the corporate shield protecting the individual decision makers in a corporation from personal liability. The European Union directives are much different, Stan, and I'm glad you brought that up because. There is personal liability under certain circumstances to the individual decision makers and others in a company for violating the provisions of the European directives. And, and different, different, uh, different provisions of the directives provide different penalties. It's something to be aware of. Yes, yes it is. Um, some of the training I've done in the past and still do do in hazardous substance management is specifically uh, one of the taglines we use is be a manager, go to jail. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that is a reality of the uh, European laws in some cases, like you say. And Although they are particular to circumstances, um, that is one that, Kind of mirrors the one with the EPA. No, no, I take that back. It was OSHA. Uh, about 20 years ago, started that same thing with safety. Listen, we need to take a break. It's that time again. Um, this is Stan Slot, uh, Voice America, the people to people, working together for your safety. We're going to take a short break. Let our uh, radio station and our sponsors be identified. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. 
Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191, bqpm.com. Together, we are working for your safety. Secure Components is your international certified supplier of obsolete and hard-to-find products. Specializing in counterfeit mitigation, Secure Components is a qualified supplier for the Department of Defense, Aerospace, Military, and Avionics Industries. If you're a business in need of hard-to-find or obsolete components, please contact us by visiting our website, securecomponents.com, or call us at 484-222-5195. Again, 484-222-5195. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com This is People to People, working for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan.salat.com at ECCCorp.org. Again, that's stan.salat, S-A-L-O-T, at ECCCorp.org. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. The title of our show today is Consumer Safety, Industry on Our Side. My guest, Frank Chano, and I, have been discussing the ongoing efforts of law enforcement agencies and legitimate industry leaders to identify and stop the growing consumer product counterfeiting here in the U.S. As we started the show, we talked about the various uh, products that are being found on an everyday basis that are counterfeit, and we identified some of these being chapstick and baby oil. Vaseline, um, cosmetic products are another one that's uh, highly counterfeited, as well as handbags, uh, shoes are another one, children's jewelry, children's, uh, some of the uh, children's clothing, uh, not, not least to say that there's also a lot of the toys uh, that children, uh, we buy for our children. There's also the, we've talked about some issues related to the re-engineering of products. We talked about uh, the flea markets, if you will, and how the way things are sold uh, open the door, if you will, to counterfeit. The uh, There's another one here, and Frank, before I forget this one, this one kind of surprised me a little bit, but just to touch on it, people that set up these kiosks uh, where you put a nickel in and, well, it's not a nickel, you put $5 in and you get something out of it. Uh, often, uh, things that you need in a hurry, uh, you're on the road and you need something or you've got a uh, a child with you and they see something in a machine that they want out and the opportunity for counterfeiting in that one is appears to be a growing, if not a huge market to begin with. Right. Uh you know that that ties into everything we've been discussing the whole time. Stan is is uh, the 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 awareness of the consumer to what he's buying to the extent possible, and being aware that these low priced items are often made with substandard components. All right. 
Well, that you know, just to name a few of them, the uh, the low price jewelry, famous. Uh, well, I don't want to go there, but um, lanyards and belt buckles and inexpensive watches, uh, keychains. They're all things to be concerned with, and primarily, and I'm particularly. Um, I tend to particularly pay attention to the things that I give to youngsters, uh, young adults and, and children. To, to take this another step, one of the things that I'm directly involved with, and Frank, I know your firm through uh, some of the members that I've worked with and talked with has some involvement as well, and that's the establishment of standards, uh, both national and international standards, and the third-party conformity assessment, an independent assessment process whereby a manufacturer can set up their systems to demonstrate uh, corporate responsibility, if you want to call it that, or good due diligence, uh, showing how they detect and mitigate the, the potential of counterfeit materials getting into their products. Um. I'm a strong proponent, and I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but I'm a strong proponent of having that due diligence done in a company, uh, believing that it helps a company mitigate not so much a responsibility, but defend, if you will, themselves or to know what, how they can respond to accusations of wrongdoing. Um, your thoughts on that? Yes, Dan, these these types of standards, certifications are wonderful for product manufacturers. You know, under our court system, you know, the plaintiff has to prove by a preponderance of the evidence, you know, 51% that a a product is defective. But what really winds up happening is manufacturers really have to turn the tables and prove that their product was safe, that it was well-designed well thought out, well manufactured, and sold properly. And having these sorts of certifications makes my job tremendously easier because juries love to hear all of the good things that a manufacturer did in order to do everything possible to ensure the safety of the consuming public. And these certifications are not easy to get. And when they are won, they need to be really shown and and advertised by the manufacturer that look how good we are look at how safe how diligent we are in making safe products so when uh when these things are these sort of certifications are something manufacturers in my opinion should try and get and when they get them they should tell the world about them well that that's uh, excellent to hear because that's a a activity that I'm uh, very much involved with, and I too believe that having gone through, this is one of those activities that just going through it for a manufacturer, an OEM, an original equipment manufacturer, a brand owner, by going through it, they truly do uh, have an opportunity to reflect to themselves what they're doing and how they're doing it. And then the best part is that they can take that independent assessment that is recognized worldwide uh, to to a situation and be able to defend themselves or demonstrate, uh, maybe defend is the wrong word, but uh, 
demonstrate to anyone interested that they are, in fact, um, working towards that corporate social responsibility and doing things in a proper and uh, accepted way. Yeah. You know, you know, Stan, I work a lot with my clients. And, in fact, I'm working with one of my clients right now on their, uh, their procurement process because we, we had a problem with, uh, you know, a, a relatively minor part which caused a, a pretty big commercial loss for my client. And we're going through the parts they buy, where they buy them, and how they make that buying decision. And although it might be a little bit more expensive, I've told my clients that there's tremendous comfort and tremendous savings in the future by avoiding litigation, by, high, by p- paying a few either pennies or dollars more for a better quality product that is certified. Because it's the certified products, you know they're good. And you know what you're getting is going gonna, is gonna to inure to the safety and longevity of your product, which builds your, mar- your, your, your name brand and your market share. Well, if you ever need any help on that one, I can't tell you how many senior executives I've shared that thought with and actually showed them how paying a percentage which they would feel would be too high, but a percentage more actually saves them significantly more than that. Yeah. I I have a case right now with one of my clients. They're a manufacturer of a very large product. And, you know, the the use of of high-quality components has saved them a tremendous amount of money in the long run as compared with their competitors who have problems with their products. Yep. Every day. You can, that, that's one of them that I find. I mean, that's been my business for many years, the supply chain management and particularly the conformity assessment to national and international standards. And while it's not terribly intuitive, the reality is you, you can, in fact, pay a slightly higher price and save yourself a lot of money. We're uh, we're wrapping we're rapidly rather reaching the end of our time, Frank. I want to thank you again, um, as always, an excellent show, and uh, really appreciate your thoughts, your insights, and I'm sure the audience does as well. Well, thank you, Stan. It really is my pleasure to be a part of your show. Yeah. I look forward to doing this again with you and others. Um, I'd like to uh, take a couple of minutes and recognize some of our sponsors or recognize our sponsors, starting with the uh, uh, recognition of Goldberg Sagala and Frank himself for their continued support on our weekly shows. We, we really appreciate having that insight and uh, bringing knowledge to our listening audience. I want to remind uh, folks that bringing this show together is meant to share knowledge, uh, create a safer environment for us all. If you have questions or would like to know more about a particular subject on the air, by all means, send me an email. You can do that as the uh, promos indicate at stan.salot at eccorp.org. Or simply go to the website 
a new website that I've started, which is stansalot.com. It's all together one word, S-T-A-N-S-A-L-O-T.com. Our sponsors, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, and Secure Components. And once again, Business and Quality Process Management provides pro- business process and quality management consulting, training, and software tools. They were the principles of the um, development of the and Im- development and implementation of the International Hazardous Substance Process Management Certification Program, which is now used by more than 4,500 manufacturers to demonstrate their compliance with the European Union's restriction of hazardous substances. These are the lead, the mercury, the cadmium, the hexylvania chromate, the PBDs and PBDEs. And depending on the organizations, it can go beyond that to the phthalates and other harmful substances uh, that we find in typical consumer products. To learn more about uh, about BQPM and possibly work with them, you can uh, find them at bqpm.com. Secure Components, another of our sponsors, an independent distributor specializing in obsolete and hard-to-find components. Secure Components is the first company in the world to achieve international certification for their counterfeit detection and mitigation process controls. Their IECQ CAP, Conformity Assessment Plan, or program rather, that certification was achieved in accordance with the SAE AS6081 standard. When you need to find quality, obsolete, or hard-to-find components, you want secure components on your team. To learn more about what Secure Components can do for you, visit their website at securecomponents.com. I've recognized Goldberg Zagala. I'd like to once again recognize Frank Chano, senior partner at uh, Goldberg Zagala, for his, uh, his work in helping us put together a show for you that we hope is um, a little bit entertaining but mostly informational. Right. We really are trying to help you learn what you need to know to protect yourselves and your families. Hey, you were going to say something, Frank? Yes, Dan, and thank you for that. I was going to say my, my goal really is to help companies recognize the risks of litigation that are out there and how to plan for, anticipate, and avoid the risks. Because the old adage, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, really does apply to, to the litigation world. Avoiding and litigation is the way to go. That's I totally agree with that. And last but not least, our the team that makes all this possible. We have Brandy Jackson, General Manager of Voice America. Uh, Yulia, uh, that's not right. It's actually Robert Cellino, my executive producer. He's going to get me for that one. Randy Jackman, product production manager. Jeffrey Gistel. Director of Host Services, Brooke Ida, Marketing and Social Media, Yulia Koch, there's my Yulia, uh, Koch Branding and People-to-People Production Manager. Thank you for listening and tuning, tuning in and listening today, and I certainly look forward to having you back next week. 
and helping all of us make a difference in the fight against hazardous substance and counterfeit parts. Have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you. Bye now. Thank you for listening. Please join host Stan Salat Jr. for next week's edition of People to People, Working for Your Safety. We'll have another show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a safe, toxic, and counterfeit-free week.